You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Cardinals podcast for Friday, February the 25th of 2022. I am Lucas Smith, host of the show. Thanks for tuning in today and every day that you tune in to the Locked John Cardinals podcast. Happy Friday, everybody. We have made it to yet another Friday. Yet we have made it to yet another Friday with no deal between MLB and the Major League Baseball Players Association. Therefore, the lockout continues to roll on and uh, we still have really no end in sight, sadly, um, with the lockout. And it's... I feel like I talk about this a lot, but each day just gets closer and closer to, to panic time for the lockout with, you know, we really don't know if we're going to even have a full season. Um, we'll talk about that in segment number one. Also, we're going to talk a little bit about what awards the Cardinals could be gunning for in 2022 and a preview of next week's content, because next week is going to be an exciting week on Locked On Cardinals, as well as across the entire Locked On MLB network on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's going to be fun, so we'll do a little bit of preview of that in segment number three. But I want to thank you for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen of the day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube today. Thanks for tuning in. So let's go and get right into it. Another good day of negotiations uh, happened on Thursday, and still little movement, little, little tweaks, little, little things here and there. The CBT... Um, is still yet to be discussed between the two sides, and that that's a big hurdle to come. Uh, the minimum salaries between the uh, for for players are still wide apart. A lot of things still need to be discussed. And at the beginning of the week, I was very optimistic. You know, not necessarily because that we were close to seeing a deal being made, but because we had so much frequency of meetings planned for the week, and they have met every single day. Jesse Rogers of ESPN reporting that they're going to meet this weekend, too, if they don't get a deal done on Friday. So you have positive things to look forward to, or you had, excuse me, on, on Sunday and Monday when, when you knew that they were going to meet every single day. Uh, they meet, meet for hours at a time. I mean, they've met for five, six hours on certain days, combination of together and apart, but still, this is what I would have wanted to see happen in December, even in January, not February, you know, not, not days before a deadline that was set by Major League Baseball saying, hey, if the deal's not reached by February 28th, we're postponing the season. Or 2022 games will be canceled and not made up. This is the kind of negotiations we needed to see from the get-go. And maybe, just maybe, we would have a deal by now. Maybe not, who knows? Maybe even all this negotiation would have been different because of timing or thing. Who knows? But to not meet for weeks after Major League Baseball locked the players out, and then to meet briefly for seven minutes, for 15 minutes, once every other week, and then now finally, finally getting to the point where, okay, it's panic time, so let's start meeting every day. It just doesn't make any sense to me, and again, maybe there are a lot of things I don't know about, but it just... On the surface, it doesn't make a lot of sense for these two sides not to meet more frequently. Or at least to start meeting this frequently a heck of a lot sooner. Nevertheless, I was optimistic at the beginning of this week. And now the week has almost come and gone. They have a couple more negotiation sessions this week on Friday and on Saturday. Again, according to Jesse Rogers saying that they will meet the weekend. And we're still 
a lot of the people in the industry are saying we're still not that close to a deal. You know, Jeff Passan trying to not be a Debbie Downer on his Twitter ends up being a Debbie Downer, uh, saying that, you know, we might not see a deal for a while because their sides are still really far apart. And if it wasn't panic time in December, and if it wasn't panic time in January, and if it wasn't panic time at the beginning of February, it started to become panic time whenever the it was announced that spring training would be delayed at least until March 5th. And then Rob Manfred came out and made some statements. He thought, okay, maybe we're getting somewhere. And then you saw the two sides bicker. And then we saw the federal mediator get requested. Maybe that was before Manfred's comments. I can't remember exactly. But you saw these things come to fruition where it's starting to get panic time. Panic time is getting here quicker and quicker. And if it's not, if you don't think it's here already, it's here in terms of if the season's going to start on time. Because Major League Baseball, I've alluded to it a couple times, but if you, did, if you didn't know, there's a deadline set, quote-unquote imaginary deadline. Um, players don't really seem to like the deadline. Uh, set by Major League Baseball saying that if a deal is not reached by February 28th, 2022 games will be canceled, they will not be paid up, and players will not be paid their salaries in full. They will be getting paid a prorated rate of some kind, similar to 2020 when they played a 60-game season. That deadline is Monday. Monday the 28th, because it is Friday this is the 25th, Saturday 26th, Sunday 27th, Monday. And this is getting to be, you know, I feel like this was always kind of known, but now it's starting to come to fruition of jobs being affected, not just the owners, not just the players, and not even just the, 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 the team um the, the, the team employees, not just the people, the, the, the ushers, the concession stands workers, the game day associates, the you know, what have you. Everything that makes a stadium run on a day-to-day basis. The grounds crew, everybody's jobs are now in jeopardy, at least for delayed a little bit, especially if you only get paid hourly and not salary-based. But it goes beyond that because it's also the businesses around the stadiums. Yes, Ballpark Village in St. Louis, for example, is open year-round. But it's a lot busier in the summer when you have baseball going on. I'm sure downtown Wrigley is a lot busier when you have baseball going on. The businesses around the stadiums are starting to su- are going to to begin to suffer here if a, if the season does not start on time, which is seeming more and more likely. And I don't mean to be Mr. Doomsday over here because uh, a deal could could happen Friday, a deal could happen Saturday, Sunday, a deal could even happen on Monday, and we go from there. Yes, it is a possibility. I recognize that. I understand that. But all signs right now point to a season being delayed. They've already got spring training delayed. That kind of affected us, you know, kind of, okay, spring training delayed, so what, yada, yada, yada. And now we're getting to the season possibly being delayed. Outside of 2020, we haven't seen a delayed season in a very long time, 1995. These two owners, uh, the, the, uh, the owners and the players, you know, somewhat credit to them for finally meeting on a day-to-day basis this week. Somewhat credit. But again, in my opinion, it should have been happening a lot sooner. I'm not saying they had to meet every day starting in December. You know, I know it would have been nice to see that, like I said earlier. But at least to meet weekly at the start of the lockout. You know, lockout happened on December 2nd. Maybe you take a week, gather your things, you meet again on December 9th, and you go on from there, and then you start meeting twice a week in January if you don't. Even virtually. I mean, we've been going on Zoom for three years now, it seems like. Two years, even. People know how to run a Zoom conference, right? So I just feel like these meetings could have been more frequently at an earlier time in this 
timeline, but nevertheless, here we are. So, not to be Mr. Doomsday to start off the podcast, not to be Mr. Mr. Debbie Downer, as Jeff Passan put it, but these sides still seem extremely far apart on these on, on key issues, and it's just simply not good. So, uh, enough of the lockout talk. Enough of the lockout talk. We'll have plenty of lockout conversation probably in the next week or so, um, as maybe uh, the deal is not reached. But if the deal is reached, then we'll have baseball to talk about. We'll go from there. But segment number two is an exciting one today. We're going to talk about what awards the Cardinals could win because the Cardinals did win their fair share of hardware in 2021. What hardware could the Cardinals be looking for in 2022? We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But first, I do want to tell you guys about a way to stay healthy but still enjoy a delicious treat, and that is Built Bar. If you're still trying to hold on to your New Year's resolutions, I know it's nearly the end of February, but you can still eat healthy and get a delicious tasting treat with a Built Bar, including Built Bar Puffs. If you haven't tried it, you're missing out on one of the best Built Bars product ever. Puffs are protein-infused marshmallows. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar. They're a treat covered 100% in chocolate. Even the Built Bars are covered 100% in delicious chocolate. Go to Built.com, scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away with these high-calorie, low, excuse me, high-protein, low-calorie, high-fiber, low-carb protein bars. You compare the 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein of a Built Bar to a candy bar that usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs. Built Bar is the way to go. So what are you waiting for? Go to built.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. This episode is also brought to you in part by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's almost impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts your car will ever need. And you might face intimidating questioning at the counter while you wait for the person to look at their computer on their database to see what parts they have. You have access to rockauto.com at home on your computer or on the go. So why waste time and money by not using rockauto.com? You can also... Spend 100% more other places from a cha- like a chain store. For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store, just $216 at rockauto.com. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for each and every customer. So go explore the easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Be sure to go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. I know it's February 25th, and I know that the offseason or the next offseason seems a long ways away. That heck, even the season seems a long way away at this point. But I thought it would be interesting to see what awards the Cardinals could be going after. Before I do, I do want to tell you to go listen to Locked on MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is the prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. He also just won the uh, Podcast of the Week um, award for Locked on Podcast Network this week. So congratulations to Lindsey. Um, and I'll be talking about one of those prospects in this segment coming up here in just a bit. But what awards could the Cardinals win? The Cardinals got gold gloves galore this most recent season. You know, Bader won one. Uh, Arnado won one again. 
galore. It was gold all over the place. Tyler O'Neill won a gold glove, just all over the place. Gold gloves. But what offensive awards could the Cardinals be gunning after here in 2021? Because the the gold gloves are nice. The gold gloves are great. Um, because it, it shows what kind of magnificent defense you have. But you know, at the end of the day, if we talk about how good this offense is, could this offense be winning some awards here in 2022? Because you also had Dylan Carlson come up third in Rookie of the Year voting. Um, so you, you have the offensive stature of him there. To go through the full list of, of gold gloves for the Cardinals, uh, sorry, it took a little bit for my computer to, to warm up to that. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt won it at first base. Tommy Eben got the second base nod. Nolan Arenado, as I mentioned, got the third base nod. Uh, and then the outfield, Tyler O'Neill and Harrison Bader. Each one at their respective positions. Right field in the National League did go to Adam Duvall of the Marlins and Braves. So uh, definitely awards to, to to build off of in 2022. But you know, I'm looking for Nolan Arenado to have a breakout campaign. I really am. Um, you you see these these stars um, come to, come to new teams and. Maybe they're, they're, they're pressing a little bit or they're, they're just trying to do too much, trying to impress their team. But Nolan Arenado has won a Silver Slugger four times. His most recent one came uh, in 2018. So he's not won a Silver Slugger since 2018. Uh, despite a 2019 campaign when he hit 41 home runs, drove in 118, hit 315, had an on-base of 379, and a slugging of 583. But he had career lows in a number of different categories, uh, taking out, and taking out of account the shortened season career low and batting average, career, uh, second career low and on base, and a second career, or, yes, second career low and slugging percentage. So a down year overall for Nolan Arenado, but he was still able to hit 34 home runs, driving 105 RBI, and had 34 doubles to his name, along with, like I mentioned, the uh, 34 home runs and throw in three triples in there as well. So I expect Nolan Arenado, as I get to the first award that I'll be talking about, Nolan Arenado to have a a bust-out year. Just a breakout campaign for Nolan Arenado. Kind of get back to the to the Nolan Arenado of old. Because, again, he was still super impressive on the baseball field, both offensively and defensively. I just think that he's going to be more comfortable in St. Louis here in year number two, and I think that he will be one of those guys that you just see flourish in year two as a St. Louis Cardinal. And I expect a Silver Slugger Award for Nolan Arenado. First one since 2018. You know, I really don't think that Bush Stadium affected him as much as people thought it would be, and he was still able to prove that he is a above. He has an above-average hitter away from Coors Field, and you saw the same a similar thing happen with Paul Goldschmidt in his second year. Yes, his second year was COVID shortened, but his average jumped from 260 to 304. His on-base jump from 346 to 417. Things the only thing that didn't improve was his slugging percentage. Slugging dropped just ten points to four sixty six because he did only hit six home runs in the shortened campaign. But then you go back to year three in St. Louis. He's more comfortable. Yes, he got older. This was his age thirty three season, but he's more comfortable. He's got his contract locked up. He's good to go. Two ninety four the batting average, three sixty five the on base, five fourteen the slugging. That was his highest since his days in Arizona. Eight seventy nine the OPS. That was his highest OPS as a Cardinal. OPS plus of one forty three. Hit thirty one home runs, ninety nine runs driven in, thirty six doubles. He was sixth in the MVP voting and a Gold Glove award to boot. So that is just a case and point of somebody that got more comfortable after year one of a contract. 
or year one of, of an acquisition, even if you if you're talking about Paul Goldschmidt, you know, he got traded and then signed a big contract. So that is my reasoning for thinking Nolan Arenado will be a Silver Slugger Award winner. I expect a couple of Silver, you know, if you're if you're gunning for another Silver Slugger Award winner, I would go Tyler O'Neill in left field. A career year in 2021. Career year. Baseball or really sports in general is what have you done for me lately? And yes, it should not be overlooked and it should not be pat, you know, it should not be looked past the work that Tyler O'Neill did in 2021. However, now it's going to be what can you do for me next in 2022? Career high in home runs at 34, just a remarkable season for Tyler O'Neill. Now is that next step of staying on the field for 150, 150, 55 games. And if he's able to stay on the field for 155 games, I think a silver slugger is is well within his reach in terms of, of an award. Because even in just 138 games, he still hit 34 home runs, as I mentioned. So you give him 10 more games, that's that many more home runs. And I just think he could be he could make that much more of an impact on a baseball field if he's able to stay healthy and be on the field. So if I'm gunning for awards, I think that the two Silver Slugger awards that I'm banking on, or that that, that I'm predicting, I guess guess not banking, I guess these are a little bit more of a bold prediction, but I think the Cardinals should go after is a Tyler O'Neill Silver Slugger, Nolan Arenado Silver Slugger, as well as a Paul Goldschmidt Silver Slugger, because I think Paul Goldschmidt, despite this will be his age, 34 a season, again, more comfortable, he gets off the slow starts, maybe he'll finally find a way to to not do that, Uh, but I do think that those are awards that I think the Cardinals could win. And beyond that, I think the Cardinals could have a Rookie of the Year candidate in their midst. I talked about a prospect that I, you know, I alluded to, a prospect that I'll be talking about. That prospect, Nolan Gorman. Because Nolan Gorman, I think, has a legitimate chance, as I talked about uh, on Wednesday, to be the, the, the Cardinals' DH in 2022. I really do believe that. Just because he's put up just solid numbers at, at each stop. Um Yes, it took him some time to adjust, but in AAA, in 76 games at the AAA level in Memphis in 2021, these were his numbers. 274 batting average, that's above his career average, by the way. His career average is 269 in the minor leagues. 320 on base, 465 slugging percentage. He hit 14 home runs overall for the year across AA and AAA. 119 total games for him in 2021. 279 the batting average, 333 the on base, 481 the slugging, 814 OPS+. plus. He hit 25 home runs, drove in 75. And in just a six-game stint in Glendale, he was 6-for-16, six throwing a home run, four RBIs as well, a double, uh, Glendale in the Arizona Fall League. So Nolan Gorman, my prediction, NL Rookie of the Year. First Rookie of the Year the Cardinals have had, I believe, since Albert Pujols because uh, Jack Flaherty came in as, as a close finisher. Colton Wong was a close finisher. Tyler, not Tyler O'Neill, excuse me. Dylan Carlson was a top-three vote getter. But I think Nolan Gorman, if he's given the full range, if he's said, if he is given the keys to even second base and you move Edmund, whatever position Nolan Gorman plays in 2022, I predict a slow start and a fast finish, a red hot finish for Nolan Gorman. And I think rookie of the year is well within Gorman's reach right now. He's, he's somebody that, that has been a top prospect for the Cardinals for a very long time. Not a good for, for we've known Nolan Gorman's name for a long time. I'll say that much. Left-handed bat, light tower power, glove has improved overall. Just a monster. So I think that 
that could be an award that, the, that Nolan Gorman should chase after the Rookie of the Year. And again, at the end of the day, if the Cardinals win 105 games and don't get any of these awards, great. I'll take that. You know, obviously that, that'll be a huge win for the Cardinals getting, you know, whatever. But I think that individual awards still are very important and it recognizes good things. Um, those are kind of the three that I wanted to hit on. Obviously, you could go a lot of different routes. Is Jack Flaherty going to win a Cy Young? Definitely has the capability to. We saw it in 2019 as well as to start 2021. You could have a reliever of the year in Giovanni Gallegos. You could have gold glove repeat, you know, really you could have gold at every spot of the infield. If, you know, there's an argument every spot on the field, rather, that the Cardinals could have gold on it. Yes, even Yadier Molina. And yes, you could say that, oh, that's only because of his, um, his name and his status. That's fine. I'll give you that. But at the end of the day, I do think that you could argue for a gold glove for each and every member of the Cardinals starting eight fielders, even a pitcher or two. Um, I just think that the Cardinals could be in line for some really good hardware because I think that they, they could be a sleeper team to really make a deep postseason run here in 2022. So I do think also that they're not a sleeper team in terms of winning the division because I do think they are a division favorite. And next week on Locked On Cardinals, as well as across all the Locked On MLB Network, we're doing division previews. It'll be one segment of a show for the next six shows uh, where we're talking about where certain aspects of the team rank within the division. So segment number three today will be a little bit of a preview of that, and I'll kind of give my my pre-thoughts as I've been starting my research on these things, my pre-thoughts on where I think the Cardinals rank in a couple different areas within the National League Central. Before we get to that, I do want to tell you about betonline.net because basketball is in full swing for both pro and college hoops. So for all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, betonline.net is your number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds as well. So head to the website today to use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. So the Cardinals, I think, are in a pretty good spot within the division. You had the offseason acquisition of Steven Matz. You have already a strong team returning from the last year. You have Jack Flaherty coming back. You have Miles Michaelis, Dakota Hudson coming back from injury. Most of the offense is returning. You know, it's one of those teams where it's a good balance of returning stardom, a returning production with a combination of, um, of, of additions. You know, obviously, like I've said many times in the show, the Cardinals need more this offseason than just Steven Matz. But I think that it's a good combination right now. You're going to have some rookies being called. It's going to be a different team in 2022 than it was in 2021, um, especially once moves are made. But I still think that this team is in a really good spot to win this division. And next week, we're going to be talking about some rankings. And here are, some, here, you know, here are the six categories. Um, starting rotation, where they rank in the division. The bullpen ranks the lineup ranks, the fielding defense ranks, the manager ranks, and the overall ranks. So starting rotation is extremely high. Obviously, you've got the two-headed monster in Milwaukee, right? Uh, the, the starting rotation is extremely good in Milwaukee. They're going to get the names. They're going to get the headlines. They're going to get the, the content, which is fine. I think the Cardinals have a very strong starting rotation, 
probably, a, I, I think you could argue, again, more research has to be done, but at minimum, a top three rotation in the division. I would argue top two. You could argue one, I think, you know, more research I do, but I just think that this rotation stands up in a really good spot for the rest of this rotation within the rest of this division. You've got your ace in Flaherty. You've got the veteran in Adam Wainwright, who is still producing, by the way. And you've got Steven Matthews who's going to flourish with this defense behind him. Dakota Hudson and Miles Michaelis as well, I think, are ready for strong years in 2022 if they are able to use the defense like Steven Matz did and like Dakota Hudson has done in the past. Keep the ball on the ground. Good things happen in general, especially when you have a defense like the Cardinals. And you go beyond the five Cardinals have some options as well. Alex Reyes could be an option. Zach Thompson, a prospect. Uh, Matthew Libertor, the highly touted prospect. You have a little bit of depth here for the St. Louis Cardinals in terms of the starting rotation. So it's not just the five on the field because, as we saw last season, some of these players are going to deal with injury. So it's good to have depth in the rotation. I think the Cardinals have that. The bullpen, I think, is somewhere, I think, is the biggest opportunity for improvement for the St. Louis Cardinals, as I kind of run through these categories really quickly, again, full content next week. Uh, but I- I've talked about it a lot on the show. The bullpen needs to be number one. Number one priority in the, when this lockout ends, when this when you're able to sign players again, the bullpen needs to be the first priority as to what the Cardinals go after. It's plain and simple, no doubt about it. You know, I, This is probably a middle-of-the-pack bullpen when you look at the rest of the division. Um, or at minimum, middle of the pack when you look at the rest of the league, maybe a top two or three bullpen in the division just with how weak the division is overall. But that still means that this division or that this bullpen needs revamping. Offensively, I think that this is a very good ranking offensive team. I mean, especially on paper. You've got Goldschmidt, Edmund, Arenado, O'Neill, Schwarber, or not Schwarber. <laughs> Talking about Schwarber yesterday, I misspoke there. Uh, Bader, Carl, you just have a lot, especially in the starting eight of the offense. You have really good names that have put up really good numbers for a long time. You know, the, the couple weak spots in the lineup are probably catcher overall for Yadier Molina, and he's probably going to come out and hit 300 in April, <laughs> you know, as he tends to get off to hot starts. Um, the shortstop is definitely a question mark. We, we still don't know what Paul DeYoung's new routine is going to bring, um, but you still have some, some strong points. The weak points in the offense, in my opinion, are the bench bench bats. Um, you don't have a whole lot of pop off the bench, especially now that Carpenter's gone. And I know that Carpenter wasn't great, but at least you can run into a home run every once in a while. So that should also be a priority for the Cardinals to get a left-handed bench bat or a left-handed DH, one or the other. But this offense, I think, is a really solid offense. There's a reason that we're not talking about the Cardinals going out and getting a bunch of offensive pieces this, this offseason. It's because the offense is pretty freaking strong already. Defensively, they're number one. Look, I'm going to come out and say that. They're, they, they, it's the best, especially on the infield. And the outfield is just electric. This was the, the best defensive team in all of baseball last year. So I'll talk about it, obviously, more in depth. But for right now, number one defense in, in the division. Because arguably, the best defense in the National League. Plain and simple. No question about it. The manager one is interesting because... I think sometimes managers, I talk about this a lot, sometimes can get too much credit for wins and they get too much blame for losses, right? Especially at the professional level. But I think it'll be interesting to see what Oliver Marmol is able to do in his first year because I think the division has some really good managers in it, to be honest with you. I like what David Ross is doing at Chicago. David Bell, I think, makes some questionable decisions, but he just seems like a solid manager. Craig Council has the, the success to back him up in 
in Milwaukee. So you have some really solid managers in this division. Some smart minds, some good people. So that'll be an interesting, interesting discussion when that happens. And overall, if anybody puts the St. Louis Cardinals lower than second place in the National League Central, I would like to have a conversation with them. I, I don't know how you can see this team, especially offensively speaking, and, and, and put them at anything lower than second place in the National League Central. You could question the depth in the rotation. You could question the bullpen. You could question the, the bench depth after the starting eight, offensively speaking. But every team has holes. And I think the Cardinals are a top two team in the division. Minimum. I think they're, I think they're division favorites. I really do. Uh, but that said, that's a quick rundown of those categories. I'm really excited to, to continue research and to do uh, to talk about these things next week uh, on Locked On Cardinals. And the week after that, we'll have roundtables within our division. So it's going to be super fun. Lots of content coming up. Um, MLB continues to meet Friday and hopefully Saturday. Hopefully uh, there's a deal reached by Monday. Uh, but regardless, I'll be uh, out since out until Monday. So more episodes coming next week. Uh, so thanks for tuning in today and every day. And until I talk to you guys next time, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.